Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Michael, team previews roll on. How you doing? You ready to go? Team preview number two, Joey. That's right. That's right. It's good to good to be back. Uh, we're here talking about the Pittsburgh Panthers tonight, uh, and, and welcome back an old friend of the show, Mr. Jim Hammett. Jim, it has been a little bit of time, but you are one of our oldest friends on this show. You've been around since the very beginning. Welcome back. How you doing, man? Doing well. Uh, I, I know football season is on the way when I'm sitting here talking to you guys. Getting the DMs hit up. Hey, Jim, when can you record? Yep, it's it's about that time. We're back. <laughs> well, Jim, thank you for joining us. Thank you again for your time, as always. Um, you're incredibly grace, gracious with your time. Of course, Jim of PantherLair.com on the Rivals Network covering Pittsburgh specifically. Um, Jim, this is a, a, a pretty interesting season coming up for Pittsburgh, I think, with where the program stands in terms of, you know, the coaching staff, it's, it's year six or seven of Kenny Pickett. Uh, there's some turnover on defense, but, but really I think the, the most pressing issue that we need to bring up here is what was your take? What was the fallout around Pittsburgh following handshake gate to finish the 2020 season? (laughs) As Pat Narduzzi and Jeff Collins had a, uh, a a tough handshake there at midfield after the game. Oh, we're off to a hot start. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was one of the – that that game was so weird because it was a postponed COVID game. It was like both teams weren't going to a bowl game. So, like, that was the excitement. <laughs> and um, that, that was actually a lot of fun and a good Twitter moment, I'd say. Really was. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So let's talk about Narduzzi again, Jim. I mean, it feels like every year I open with the same question. Now How's the fan base season. feeling about Pat? Yeah, now it's football season. Yeah. How's the fan base feeling about Pat Narduzzi? Um, you know, I think there's that natural feeling that, uh, you know, they'd always like him to be a game or two better each season. That's kind of how it's always felt. They've always, you know, we go into the season every year and we have these same conversations where, you know, you look at Pitt's roster, um, you know, they look competitive in the Coastal. They look like they're, they're capable of winning eight and nine games, but they always find a way to lose, uh, you know, two of those games and drop back to seven and five. So it, it's kind of been the same story with uh, Pat Narduzzi through the years. He's 42 and 34 and uh, six full seasons with the program. Um, but, you know, that's that's one way of looking at it. And there's been another actually on our message boards, and it's actually been a good uh, topic of conversation is, um, if you kind of look at the pit program taking away wins and losses, I know that's where coaches are, you know, most looked at, but uh, pit pit is coming off having uh, seven NFL draft picks, which is the most the program's had since 2004 in a season. Uh, he just signed his first top 25 recruiting class on the rivals.com network. Uh, his, his best class since 2017, I think. 
Um, you know, if you look at these uh, roster turnovers, uh, not a lot of players transfer out of pit. It's kind of uh, he's kind of a player's coach. There's a good culture within the program. So, yeah, you, you want to see a couple more wins each season, but all the, you know, kind of the stability factors, uh, a lot of things are looking OK in those regards. It, it's interesting that way, too. I mean, you look at the records since he's been there. I mean, five of the six years they've they've won. They've been to a bowl game, right? Well, I mean, throughout last year, they didn't technically go to a bowl game, but they were eligible to go to a bowl game if they'd wanted to. Um, but I mean, eight and five, eight and five, five and seven, seven and seven, eight and five, six and five. I mean, it, I guess it, on some level, it kind of depends on on where you're coming from. Of is that you know that's really solid performance versus that's like stagnation. Um, but that kind of comes down to I think fan base expectations. One of the more interesting things I think is. The conference record year to year is six and two, five and three, three and five, six and two, four and four, five and four, which is to say that there's only been one year that they've been below 500 in conference. And therefore, if they're only topping out at like eight wins, what that would suggest to me is that some of the out of conference scheduling has been pretty tough um, that they're and, and realistically, I can think back to, you know, there was the series of Penn State. Uh, they played UCF multiple times, I believe, like. They have not cheaped out and had an easy out-of-conference schedule, and that might be a little bit where something changes this year that you can kind of help to inflate the record a little bit. Yeah, I agree, and I think you kind of look back to that 2018 team, uh, the weird uh, never-really-seen-before 7-7 seven and seven record, but there's a 6-2 and two conference record in there. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a year I think they played Penn State, Notre Dame, and Central Florida. They got Clemson in the the championship game down in Charlotte. So – you know, six and two is pretty good. You know, most years you're going to take that as an in-conference record. So there have been some years where there have been some difficult non-conference games that have kind of added a loss or two on the schedule, um, you know, maybe more so than some other programs, I would say. So what do you think it would take for Pittsburgh? I mean, you're talking about some stability that Narduzzi has within the program, even though the record has kind of been up and down, at least in conference play. Um, overall, it's been seven or eight wins really since he's been there. But like, how how bad would it have to get, in your opinion, for Pitt to make a move? Like, is he stable enough where if he wins another seven games this year, he's probably safe? Or you know, does he have to start showing improvement this year in order to kind of keep things status quo there at Pitt? Yeah, I, I think this is a year where he needs to you know, either get to that eight, nine, 10 win threshold or kind of do another one of those where you win the coastal and yet you have something to show for it. I think something like that. I think anything six and six and below, I think, um, you know, I don't think it's a fire on the spot, but I think it, it, you go into 2022 and that's the year. So um, it, it's kind of difficult because this year you have the senior quarterback and next year you're probably going to have a new quarterback. So I, I think fan base wise, I think they want to see, something happened this year for sure. And I, I don't really have a good feel on where the administration sits. Um, you know, Pitt doesn't have that same cash flow situation where you can just buy them out. So it, it's kind of a weird situation, but I, I think we are kind of getting into those important two or three years for them. Jim, so let's, let's play a little game of pretend here is this time next year, we're having the same conversation. When does Pitt fire Pat Narduzzi? Because he's still the head coach at Pittsburgh. 
And and really, my my question here now is that we're entering year three this fall of the Mark Whipple era as the offensive coordinator. Um, he was brought in a couple of years ago. He was he had previously been the head coach at UMass. He's installed something that looks kind of like an air raid offense. They they've been throwing the ball a lot, and yet in in doing so, it doesn't seem like there's been any like drastic improvement in offensive success. You know, they've still struggled to be explosive at times. Um, this is going to be, you know, several years working with Kenny Pickett. If, if Pat Narduzzi is the coach this time next year, what are the odds in your mind that he moves on to a different offensive coordinator before, before then? I, I guess it would depend on how this year goes. Cause I, I, I don't think he's going anywhere after this season, but if, if you do have that, uh, you know, breakout, you win nine games this year, then Whipple might still be around next year, but if uh, if they struggle, it's seven and five. It's kind of the same story the past two or three years. Then then that's where you make the move. But there's also to consider. I think Mark Whipple's on the older side. I mean, I think he's getting towards the end of his run in coaching. He's been around for you know a long time. I, he won a national championship at UMass in 1998. Uh, then had a long run in the NFL. So he's he's been in the game for a while. So you, you just kind of wonder how much longer he wants to do this. But I, I think there's also a sense of they wanted to have that one last go around Mark Whipple and uh, Kenny Pickett, the senior quarterback. How does Kenny Pickett take the next step, Jim? I feel like every year we're like, all right, Kenny Pickett, another stride forward, another stride forward, another stride forward. Like, when are we when are we going to see it? I feel like he's kind of been the same kind of quarterback. Like, most of the time he's pretty consistent, but he's not going to do anything that like jumps off the page. You know, every once in a while he puts up a huge game, but it feels like he's pretty consistently like your 200 to 250 yards passing per game guy. Pitt's going to rely on a running, you know, a strong running game, but like, what's it going to take for him to kind of exceed the ceiling that's been set for him now in his fifth year with the program? Yeah. I mean, I, I think Kenny Pickett, you know, it, it, Maybe not so much. He doesn't get a lot of love from guys that really cover college football, but you look at people that like him in the draft for next year. He, uh, he actually turned down a senior bowl invite this year to come back to Pitt. So he's definitely on the radar of an NFL quarterback, but he doesn't really show as much as you would like uh, at the college level. So I, I know what you guys are saying. They're, there are great games. There are, you know, some games where, you know, the offense just totally doesn't click. I don't necessarily put all of that on him. I think there's been some struggles with the offensive line. Uh, the running game has been, you know, very poor the past couple of seasons. So I don't think he gets a lot of favors. And it's, it's I do believe Pitt led the nation in drops last year for from wide receivers. So he he's a good player, but he doesn't get all the help he deserves, but some of it's on him. Some of it's on his supporting cast. So he is kind of an interesting player where he is an NFL prospect, but he hasn't really had that huge college season just yet. You mentioned that he doesn't get a ton of help from his offensive line and, and Jimmy Morrissey is centers leaving has left already. He got drafted this year. Um, beyond that. I mean, it seems like he brings back basically all of the supporting cast from last year. Uh, DJ Turner was a one-year transfer from Maryland. He's out, and he went to the NFL. But other than that, Jordan Addison, Shockey Jacques-Louis, Jared Wayne, Tazir Mack, like all these guys are coming back for, for one more ride here with Kenny Pickett and Mark Whipple. I mean, is the continuity there, 
I guess that's got to drive some expectations here for, again, taking that next step or, or, you know, turning into something as a unit that maybe they haven't been in the last couple of years. Yeah, I definitely see that with the, the wide receivers. I think Jordan Addison's a really talented player. Uh, he was one of the top freshmen in, uh, you know, even college football last year. He, he yep. really made an impact. Uh, you know, Taysier Mack has kind of always battled injuries, but he did have 60 some catches as a junior. Uh, the year before so there's there's production there and yeah guys like Shockey and Jared Wayne have also made plays so there there's a good receiving core in place um you know they they it really comes down to can the running game help them out and that just really hasn't been there the past couple of seasons I think it was a three point uh 3.0 yards per carry last season for Pitt and Vincent Davis, I know he's been the primary back. Joey and I call it Davis and Davis in the backfield, you know, the, the best law firm in the ACC. Hold on, where's um, my soundboard? Yeah, I know, right? Um, but Vincent Davis, you know, I, I don't feel like Vincent Davis and A.J. Davis, for that matter, I, I don't feel like they've put it together the way that Pittsburgh fans were hoping after Quadrialis and Darren Hall. Like, it just hasn't been the same kind of one-two punch. Um, but what do you think has been the biggest contributor to that, like, are they just not as good um, or is it just simply, Hey, offensive line's been bad. It's been leading to struggles both in the running game and the passing game, like you mentioned. Um, but for whatever reason, it just seems like it hasn't clicked. I'm curious to hear kind of why that's been the case a little bit, everything. Yeah. I'd say it's a, a combination of factors because Pitt's kind of still looking to find that one bell cow running back. And I, it, neither one of them has really stepped up. Vincent Davis did have some nice games last year. He for sure. That that for, or Georgia Tech game to end the season, he had two hundred plus yards. But um, you know, AJ Davis struggled. So uh, there is kind of a, a hope that this is it. Uh, you know, a redshirt freshman running back takes a hold, and it's his name's Izzy Abanaconda. Uh, he's a uh, he's out of Brooklyn, and uh, he was kind of the top back in spring ball. So the hope uh, is that he is kind of step up, and he he was the star of the spring game. Uh, everyone kind of knows Vincent Davis, AJ Davis will still be, you know, involved, get some carries. But uh, I, I think for the running game to take the next step, they kind of need to find that number one back. And there's some optimism that they they might have it with a Bonaconda. So hopefully there is some development from the uh, the law firm of Davis and Davis. There's my soundboard. I found it. Um, Jim, the defensive side of the ball, and in a way, I almost felt like we should have started here with this Pittsburgh team and Pat Narduzzi and his identity and kind of what they've been over the years. Um, this is an interesting year, as I kind of referred to earlier, that there is quite a bit of turnover, both on the front end and the back end. Um, two defensive ends, Rashad Weaver, Pat Jones II, both were drafted. As you mentioned earlier, P Paris Ford and Jason Pinnock and DeMar Hamlin all go to the NFL a good amount of turnover both up front and in the back. Then again, Pittsburgh has also done a pretty fantastic job of recruiting on that side of the ball. Is this a, is this a reloading thing or a rebuilding thing in your mind coming into the fall? Yeah, I think it's going to be tough to recreate uh, losing two consensus uh, All-American defensive ends. Uh, that doesn't come around a lot. Uh, Weaver and Jones were very good players, but uh, in the past two seasons, Pitt uh, has been in the top two in the country in sacks. Uh, that's just kind of the game they play. That's a Pat Narduzzi defense. And they do still have some a lot of those good players around. Um, you know, some of the guys that maybe didn't start, uh, maybe could have started other places. John Morgan's a good defensive end that they really like. 
Uh, Kalijah Kansi was a freshman All-American defensive tackle last year. And uh, they really get a lot of productions from their uh, their linebackers. And they have Servassier Dennis back. They have Cam Bright back. They have Phil Campbell back. So you have three uh, veteran linebackers that also kind of contribute in those tackles for losses, those sacks, uh, you know, big defensive plays. So there is a sense that, yeah, it's it, you're never going to replicate having three drafted defensive linemen again. That doesn't happen all the time unless you're Clemson or Ohio State. But, you know, they do have talent. They do recruit well. Uh, they do have a very good defensive line coach in Charlie Partridge. So the expectation is that it's going to keep coming this year. I mean, the pass rush is going to be there, and uh, there's a lot of confidence that Pitt's still going to have a strong defense this this upcoming season. I feel like the first three or four years of the Pat Narduzzi tenure, we were like, man, when's that Michigan State Pat Narduzzi defense going to show up? And then it felt like the defense started to show up right as Pittsburgh lost 2,000-yard rushers. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, there's the defense we've been looking for for a really long time. So it mean, really did all click into place like all at once. I, I remember that happening. It was like, whoa, this is new. <laughs> yeah. But then all of a sudden the defense was like locked and loaded. I was like, okay, Pitt's defense is real. And we've been waiting for this for a while. And I was like, all right, Pat Narduzzi seemed to have figured it out. And then it just felt like the offense took a step back. It was very weird how that happened. Yeah, that it, it almost happened overnight. And I think uh, that 2016 Pitt team, it was Narduzzi's second year. Uh, they had James Conner, Nate Peterman, Quadri Henderson. It was actually a top 10 offense in the country. I think it finished ninth. Then there's just a couple weird in-between years, and all of a sudden it's, okay, now they have a top 10 defense, and it's been like that the past three years. I'm, I'm interested looking at this schedule this fall, Jim, and it's, you know, what we've what we've seen from this program generally year over year has been consistency, and again, it's that 500 or better level, but as we talked about, you know, some tough out-of-conference scheduling at times. Man, this year, I, I'm seeing a win total set at seven. And I, I told Mike a couple months ago, hammer the over on that. And it's not that I, I think that Pitt is going to all of a sudden put it all together and be some outstanding team. It's that I see an out-of-conference schedule that is UMass at Tennessee, who was not good last year and now is under a new coach, Western Michigan and New Hampshire. And to me, that feels like that really should, by all means, be a 4-0 stretch for the Panthers to start the year. Yeah, and uh, I, I think that's another part of uh, the equation for this team this year. It's, but as a program, Pitt has never gone undefeated in non-conference play. That is, I think they are the only team, or Syracuse is one of the two teams. They hold, have never done it, ever. Hold on. <laughs> what? Like, since joining the ACC? Since joining the Big East in the oh, oh my god, what it has never gone undefeated in non conference play. No, ever. wow, what really? That's Are you shocking. kidding me? How is that possible? That's like one of the, that's one of the greatest stats in college football, I think. Holy crap, I, I don't know if Pitt beating Austin P last year and their lone non conference game counts. I don't I'm think not count it. <laughs> I'm not counting it. But That's yeah, wild. They have never gone undefeated in non-conference play. Unbelievable. Holy smokes. Okay. So do they do it this year? This is one of those schedules where it looks like they can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we've said this before. I mean, this is this is kind of a thing. And it's it's in the back of everyone's mind that covers pit football and follows pit football. So I don't know if the team is aware of that, but the fan base certainly is, and uh, the media certainly is. 
It would be right up Pittsburgh's alley to beat UMass and Tennessee and then somehow find a way to lose to Western Michigan on the 18th of September. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that feels like a, a very Pittsburgh thing to do, Jim. It, it, there have been situations where they, they get the hard ones out of the way. Then they, they find a way to, I think in 2008, they were actually a pretty good team. They opened the year with a loss to Bowling Green. Then, <laughs> then they, no they actually, yeah, it was just one of those type of things. Hold on. Where's my soundboard? Where's my soundboard? That's right. Go Falcons. There um, it is. Otherwise, Jim, I mean, looking at the rest of this schedule, again, a win total of seven. If let's say that Pitt were to shock the world and go 4-0 out of conference, the rest of the schedule, if they were to you know, need to at least push on seven, they need to go three and five. And you have games against Clemson, Miami, and North Carolina, all those at home. I, I mean, I feel like Again, Miami in, in late October, North Carolina on a Thursday night in November. Like, I, I'm not going to put it out of the question that Pitt could jump up and beat one of those. And then after that, at Georgia Tech, at Virginia Tech, at Duke, home against Virginia, at Syracuse. Like, kind of feasible they could run the table. I I told Mike, and he he was, you know, kind of flabbergasted a couple months ago. But it's like. I feel like a nine-win Pittsburgh team here is very on the table just with the way this schedule sets up. Yeah, I, I don't think it's hard to you know get to nine if you if you if you start with the four and zero because you know after that it, it goes right into Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech and those are two uh, games where Pitt won by multiple touchdowns last season. Obviously, Clemson's Clemson. Pitt's never had success against Miami, whether Miami's a great team or an okay team. It's just they have never matched up well with them. Uh, Duke's a team where I think Narduzzi is six and one against Cutcliffe, five and one, something like that. Um, Carolina's kind of been a thorn in their side, but they did win two years ago in a Thursday night ESPN home game, which is the same as this year. And, uh, you know, Pitt's kind of dominated Syracuse through the years and they've done pretty well against Virginia. So yeah, it's not crazy. I mean, they're not going to win all those, but, you know, they're going to lose to Clemson more than likely. But you can find nine wins in the other 11 games. It's the dark horse coastal team, aren't they? <laughs> I think they are. I think we found it, Joey. I, I'm down. I'll call it that. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Pitt's, Pitt's the dark horse coastal team. I I mean, on on paper, I was thinking – Miami, North Carolina, and then Pitt or Virginia Tech fighting for third in the coastal. I'll but then Pitt. I look at this. But then I look at the schedule. I, I know you will. But then I look at the schedule and I'm like, I mean, who's to say Pitt couldn't just step up and win the coastal? That wouldn't be out of the question. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. We were kind of talking about this before we came on. And Jim, I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Is that I mean, your, your conference home slate here is home against Clemson, Miami, North Carolina, and Virginia. I mean, that's three – your three toughest games the entire year are all at home. On one level, it's it's good to get your tough ones at home, and maybe that's where you can pull an upset. On the other hand, I mean, there's there's really isn't like a home layup here that you can just – you know, just go ahead and chalk that one up right now as a win. Like, how do you feel about the balance there and kind of how it figures for this team? Yeah, I mean that's that that stretch in October where you have Clemson and Miami, two huge home games, but you know probably your two toughest games all season. And that North Carolina game on a Thursday night, I mean that that's kind of looking like, you know, both teams hanging around. That could be big for the Coastal uh, Division right there, if not the 
to settle it. So yeah, it is tough. I, I, I think like we said before we started recording, Virginia is probably the closest thing to it, but you know, that that's a competitive game. That's a good team. And uh, they, they came in and beat Pitt at Heinz field in 2019 uh, to open the season. So yeah, there, there's not really that easy home game you would like, uh, you know, after the non-conference, but um and at, at that same sense, like you said, I mean, they, they did beat North Carolina in the same scenario a couple of years ago. And, you know, Pitt's not known for having a raucous, crazy stadium, but that Clemson <laughs> game will be, you know, a good, fun atmosphere for them. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, but it actually, a lot of their easier games are on the road, in, in conference at least. What are we thinking for records here? Joey? Okay, I'll start. Um, I'm I'm gonna say eight and four. I I yeah. said I said nine and three is a possibility. I, I believe that, but I'm gonna say eight and four. I mean, I very feasibly again could jump up. That that Thursday night at home against North Carolina is somehow sticking out to me like a sore thumb. Like I I feel like Pitt could jump up and beat him there. Um, I I think they go at least five and three in conference. I mean, I think if they drop one of Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Duke, Virginia, Syracuse, they probably either beat Miami or North Carolina at home. Um, yeah, I'll go eight and four overall, five and three, and I, I'll probably take about the third best team in the Coastal. Jim, how are you feeling? What, do you have a record prediction at this point? or I, I haven't really made my, like, you know, big official one, but I, I, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll probably go at eight and four. Um you know, I, I, I don't think they beat Clemson, and I think they split with Miami and North Carolina. Then it, it, that thing with that Virginia Tech series lately, uh, the home team wins, and they win by a lot. <laughs> so Pitt going to Blacksburg, I think it was 28 nothing two years ago, but then Pitt wins 40 yeah, Freaking monsoon, by the way, Jim. I was, <laughs> I was there. That was unbelievable how bad the weather was. I, I actually was there, too, and yeah. you know, can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, then last year at Heinz field Pitt handles Virginia tech, but it, it's kind of been, if you go back in that series. So I don't really like Pitt and Blacksburg. Uh, it's just the home team wins that game. So yeah, I, 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 I don't know if I'm bold enough to say four and in non-conference, but I think I might be <laughs> fair. This might be the year. Here. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I Tennessee, I mean, Tennessee sucks right now. I, <laughs> I see four and zero, but that stat you threw out is now spooking me. <laughs> but you know, what are they going to do about a nineteen eighty five team or whatever it is that could go <laughs> undefeated in conference play, right? Uh, Not conference play. Um, I think I'm also going to go eight and four. Although I think they're firmly entrenched in that seven and eight win mark. I think nine's a possibility if everything goes right, but that means you're pulling an upset against North Carolina or or beating Miami like that has to be a certainty to get to nine and they got to go four and um, out of conference. I, I I'm still trying to figure out what the toughest game is in the non-conference schedule. I mean, I guess it would have to be Tennessee, but I want to just make fun of Tennessee real bad. So that's in Knoxville too, by the way, for what it's worth. Yeah. I, and it's early in the year and both teams will be trying to find their footing. It's just a year one situation, a lot of roster turnover. It's, Pitt's going in there with a senior quarterback and a lot of veteran guys. I just, the pitch should be favored there by 
probably at least a score, probably more, I would think. Although it is probably worth bringing up too, and Jim, correct me if I'm wrong here, that is set to be a noon game against Tennessee, and Pitt has never been more in its element than playing at noon on ESPN. That is yeah. that is Pitt territory, number one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the, the game is at noon. Um, I, I th- yeah, I think the biggest concern with um, Tennessee among Pitt fans, I think someone on our board actually kind of made this post today. It's everyone kind of felt the same way about Florida State last year, kind of before COVID hit, like going down there. It's like the name Florida State playing and, you know, playing in their stadium, big crowd. It, they seem more intimidating than they are, than you see the team and they aren't. So I, I think the concern with the Tennessee game, if anything, is just playing in front of 100,000 people. Lights too bright sort of thing. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's, you know, Tennessee's a great team. I think Pitt's better than them. But, uh, you know, Tennessee recruits well, even though it's, you know, they still have some talent hanging around. Hendon Hooker's now the quarterback, I believe. Thank God. <laughs> so, you well, know, what are, like, what are we doing? Friend. God, what are we doing? <laughs> like wow. at a dead count, dead cat bounce there in uh, Knoxville this year. Who knows? I don't, I don't know what, I, I don't know how that even happened. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm transferring to a program that doesn't have a head coach. It's like, man, you want to get away from Fuente that bad, huh? There you go. Um, very weird. Um, I think, yeah, I think I'm going eight and four, eight and four for Pitt. That's where I'm at. Okay. So we all agree. Probably five and three in conference too there, Mike. I think so, yeah. Five, I think they'll wait, go for Hold on. Well, no. Five and three in conference would mean they lose one in the non-conference. So, yeah, wait. Uh, I need to reevaluate my stuff. I don't know. I'll think about it. I'll probably tweet it out or something. I don't know. This is, the, I mean, I can't, this is the issue. I go through every season preview, and I probably inflate every team by a win or two, and I go back, and before the year I do you know, the standings, and I'm like, well, all of my predictions that I made on the individual season previews don't make any sense. Math doesn't work. But <laughs> if Pitt goes if Pitt goes 4-0 in non-conference and they get to 8, they're going to be 4-4 and in conference play, which I think is, I think could happen. I think that's a fully reasonable, that, that okay, that's where I'm at. 4-4 four and four in conference, lose those three we talked about, Clemson, North Carolina, Miami. And then lose one more somewhere. I mean, that they could they could go they could go eight and four, and you know, say they go to Blacksburg and lose to Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech could also go eight and four, and that's how they don't finish in third place. Yeah, that they checks out. Cover out. Yeah, I, God, <laughs> I, this is going to be this is going to be a weird division. Only way we would ever have it. Only way yeah. we have it. Yeah, Mike, that's all Duke I got for Jim. Duke will be really bad. I think that's our only guarantee in the coastal. Might be a free square. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, that's all I got. Anything else? I think we're good. Jim, got anything? We cover everything? I think we hit it all. Beautiful. This is efficient. I like it. Well done. Um, Jim, as always, this is an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for coming on. Do you want to tell the people real quick where they can go find your stuff? Yeah, uh, I'm on the Rivals.com network, panther-layer.com, pittsburgh.rivals.com, and you can find me on Twitter at Jim Hammett with two M's and two T's. It's a really strong community you've got there at the Panther Layer, too. So uh, anyone looking to learn more about Pittsburgh, highly recommend going and following the coverage there. Um, Jim, one of the many, many very talented folks on the Rivals network, so please go check them out. 
Uh, Jim, thank you so much. Please come back sometime soon, man. We love having you on. Yeah, football can now begin. (laughs) (laughs) We did it. Thanks, Jim. All right, Mike, that is Jim Hammett. Once again, pantherlair.com, at Jim Hammett on Twitter, all one word. Um, We're going to get out of here. we got more teams to preview. The season preview series rolls on. Uh, In the meantime, you guys can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel SOS. Together, we're at BC Podcast ACC. And once again, you can find him at Jim Hammett on Twitter, at pantherlair on Twitter, or pantherlair.com with a hyphen in the middle. Uh, Mike, they can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, all sorts of places you can go find podcasts, but especially on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, you can send us an email with questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Thank you. Mike, you want to tell them where else they can find us in the social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketballconference, rate, review, find all your podcasts there, Joey. Please do. Please do. You can also find us on Instagram. Uh, we're on the gram at BC Podcast ACC. Uh, I got some content coming that way. So go, yeah, go check us out. It is a like, follow, subscribe, all those things. What do you, all that stuff? What do YouTubers tell people to do? Do all those things. Yeah. <laughs> we're not on YouTube, by the way. So don't go there. Uh, Mike, anything else before we get out of here? I think we're all set, man. I think so. Uh, you want to come back and keep previewing some teams? Yeah, we got, uh, we got several more to work through here. Yeah, we sure do. We sure do. All right. Well, we will come back and we will do that. Uh, And until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel and Mr. Jim Hammett, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you again soon. And until next time, go ACC. Go ACC.